Hey, welcome to GP Core Content. In this episode, we're going to talk about blepharitis. Uh, so blepharitis is basically a group of conditions that is characterized mainly by inflammation in the eyelid margin. In most cases, the pathogenesis is unclear, but has a couple of common associations. It can be divided anatomically into anterior and posterior disease. Uh, it's worth noting when Murtagh talks about blepharitis, it's just talking about anterior disease. So anterior primarily affects the lashes, and posterior disease involves the meibomian glands. With anterior blepharitis, can be broadly divided into two further categories, and that's staphylococcal blepharitis and seborrheic blepharitis. Uh, it's worth noting seborrheic blepharitis uh, is closely associated with sebdom and also can coexist with posterior blepharitis. So what are the causes of blepharitis? So often the exact cause is unknown, um, but there are a number of different factors associated with development of the condition, and they include meibomian gland dysfunction, particularly with posterior, certain medications, uh, antihistamines and HRT, allergies, acne, rosacea, lash mites, seborrheic dermatitis, so that's specifically with uh, anterior seborrheic blepharitis, uh, and bacterial infection, so they'll be more commonly associated with the staph anterior blepharitis. Other things are rosacea, can also affect your myobomian gland function, and demodex mites may be a causative factor for both anterior and posterior blepharitis. Ultimately, most individuals presenting with blepharitis are thought to have a combination of causal factors. However, one factor may predominate uh, to give a particular picture of a particular type of blepharitis. So what are the key features in history in blepharitis? So basically the patient will present with redness and scaling of the eyelid margin, excess skin scales or scurf which accumulates at the base of the lashes. Uh, it may wax and wane over time. Other symptoms include red eyes and margins, itchy eyes and margins, gritty eyes, foreign body sensation, flaky eyelid margins, crusty or sticky lashes, your lashes falling out excessive or frothy tears, particularly in seborrheic blepharitis. You may have sensitivity to light, excessive blinking, watery eyes. Uh, and like we said before, there'll be long periods of exacerbations and remissions, and it's more common than the elderly, occurring mainly in the fourth and fifth decades of life. So what are the diseases associated with blepharitis? So you may have a couple of different diseases associated, mainly seborrheic uh, dermatitis. We have dandruff, oily skin, facial rashes, or rosacea, facial flushing, redness, telangiectasia. So what are the key features of history and exam in anterior staph blepharitis? It's a mainly examination, actually. Uh, so the key features of the exam are that you have hyperemia and telangiectasia around the lid margin, crusting, eyelash deformity, you can have eyelash depigmentation or loss. The lid skin may be slightly inflamed, you can look for scaling or flaking, vesicles, telangiectasia or postules. In the lashes you might see lash loss, which occurs frequently in anterior disease and occasionally happens in long-standing posterior disease. You'll also see crusting of the lashes, hard scales, greasiness, 
and in long-term cases you might see trichiasis which is interning of the lashes. Looking at the lid margin, features would include inflammation of the meibomian gland orifices or capping of the meibomian gland orifices which looks like a row of yellow droplets along the lid margin. Uh, tear film is probably deficient and tears may also be foamy in uh, seborrheic blepharitis. Uh, the conjunctiva might be injected, might have conjunctivitis, might have early calasian formation in the tarsal conjunctivae or scarring. And in the cornea, you might have inferior punctate epithelial erosion scarring, and you might have neovascularization in more severe forms of the disease. So the key features of exam are basically the same in all forms of anterior blepharitis. Um, the general appearance of anterior seborrheic blepharitis will be um, erythema hyperemia greasy appearance of the anterior lid margin with the lashes stuck together. Get more soft scaling occurring along the length of the lash and less inflammation. And you might have signs of seborrheic dermatitis elsewhere like the, skin, the scalp ear or skin folds. And in posterior blepharitis uh, you'll probably see the meibomian gland orifices covered with small oil globules of foam. The glands might be dilated or visibly obstructed. And there might be telangiectasia or scarring or glazing along those lines. So what are the differentials of blepharitis? So some of the differentials are tumours of the eyelid margin, so BCC or an SCC. Uh, these are noted quite frequently in the stuff that I've read uh, as one of the important things to be excluded when you're considering blepharitis. Other differentials include contact dermatitis, atopic dermatitis, impedigo or cellulitis, conjunctivitis, contact lens problems or just basically dry eye syndrome. So what are the key investigations in blepharitis? So diagnosis is normally done on physical exam, however you might want to do slit lamp if you've got severe or resistant symptoms, other signs of other eye disease. You might want to consider swabbing in severe or recurrent cases, and you might want to do biopsy if you're considering malignancy like those eyelid uh, BCCs, SCCs. So what diseases are associated with blepharitis? Basically, it can be associated with any kind of disease. Uh, I guess anterior staph blepharitis is more commonly associated with bacterial infections. Uh, anterior seborrheic blepharitis is more commonly associated with seborrheic dermatitis. And posterior blepharitis is more commonly associated with meibomian gland dysfunction. Um, and it's particularly associated with chalasia and internal hordelium. So in chalasia you get obstruction and inflammation within the gland and with internal hordolium you get an acute abscess formation within the gland uh, and it's also associated with pterygium. So what are the key features of management in blepharitis? So I guess we're combining them all here but the key features of management are 
as a general rule to avoid uh, using contact lens wear during acute episodes. Um, patient education is really important because without that, you're probably going to get poor compliance and poor outcomes. You need to explain it's a chronic condition which can't be cured but can be controlled and self-care is at the core of this. So really the mainstay of treatment is lid hygiene. Uh, this should be sufficient to control simple low-grade blepharitis and should be used regardless of the need for additional treatment. You want to consider this twice a day in the acute phase and once daily at other times. So the three main aspects of lid hygiene include warm compresses, lid massage, which is more useful in posterior disease, and lid cleansing. So simple lid cleansing just basically is aimed around removing the skin scales and reducing the numbers of staphylococci while helping to keep the meibomian glands functional, not obstructed or plugged. To do this you want to consider using a weak solution of baby shampoo and warm water, basically using a cotton tipped applicator and doing that once a day. There are also proprietary preparations available such as lid care or sterilid. So I guess in terms of managing infection, infection, if there is an infection you want to consider uh, either topical or oral antibiotics. Uh, however, it's worth noting uh, there's a lot of discussion on not creating a dependence on a course of antibiotics with no patient input because you get limited uh, if any positive results from that. So topical antibiotics are usually first line and chlorosic ointment uh, is usually first line. You can use systemic antibiotics if there's no response to topical treatment or if you've got signs of rosacea or meibomian gland dysfunction uh, and the tetracyclines seem to be the most commonly used there, so doxy or tetracycline. Other parts of management including managing dry eye with artificial tears, managing inflammation, uh, so I've read variously that you shouldn't use corticosteroid drops, but Motilex recommend, does recommend using hydrocort 0.5% in short bursts, uh, and I haven't read ETG on that, sorry, might be worth reading. Uh, you want to manage any underlying conditions, might not fix it, but it might go somewhere to clearing the symptoms. Uh, so specifically with regards to tetracyclines, just covering over that, what are the contraindications to tetracycline use? So you want to avoid in pregnancy or breastfeeding women uh, and in kids under 12. So what are the complications of tetracyclines? So I guess some of the complications are uh, photosensitivity, uh, GI upset, vulvovaginal candidiasis, and complications used in pregnancy it can be teratogenic. So what are the complications of blepharitis? So complications involving the lid include things like chalazion, sty, trichiasis, matarosis, which is loss of eyelashes, poliosis, which is a loss of pigment, lid scarring and ulceration. Complications involving the rest of the eye include contact lens intolerance, dry eye syndrome, conjunctivitis, keratitis and conjunctival cysts. Cool, so that's it for this episode on blepharitis. Uh, as always, usual disclaimers apply. Don't use this solely for exams. Don't use this as medical advice. 
all this work is originally created and the RSCGP exam confidentiality requirements have been met. The rest of the disclaimers can be seen on the front of the podcast. Cool. Thanks a lot for listening uh, and talk to you soon.